Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in New York. I'm Amy Keene. On Tuesday, Facebook exposed the first disinformation campaign designed to influence the upcoming U.S. midterm elections. I spoke with the FT's San Francisco correspondent, Hannah Kuschler, about the scope of the campaign and what details we have about who is behind it. Hannah, bring us up to speed on what it is exactly that Facebook identified yesterday and, you know, what did these pages look like? Who were they targeting? Yeah, so... Facebook discovered its first coordinated disinformation campaign designed to influence the midterms. Obviously, we saw these in the presidential election in 2016. And it it was 32 pages in accounts from both Facebook and Instagram. And they were showing um, a whole range of political issues. These aren't things that actually endorse candidates. But for example, one page was called The Resisters and um, was actually quite anti-Trump and included posts showing the president tweeting with the caption, if Trump wants to beat Barack Obama's Twitter record for the most liked tweet, he only needs to tweet two words, I resign. Another was called the Black Elevation page, and it had imagery from the Black Panthers. So so this is like a really broad range. One was even Mindful Being, which seemed to be just a kind of mindfulness page. Is there any sense of who they were targeting? So the targeting data wasn't released by Facebook. Um, with the last lot during the 2016 election, we, we eventually did get to see some of that. But overall, I think the thing to understand here is that whoever is behind these campaigns, they're not trying to literally get one person elected or not. They're trying to sort of stir up division and hatred within the political system and hoping that that influences the election. So how did or why did this come to light this week? How did Facebook find it? And and why was this the week to release this to the public? So this is really interesting. The reason Sheryl Sandberg, Facebook's chief operating officer, told the press that they released this now, when frankly, they've said, we don't know enough really yet about this campaign, is because next week, there was going to be a counter protest that was organized by one of these pages. So this is a you know a really interesting case of how people can manipulate opinion online and then even create Facebook events that lead to events in the real world. And so there was going to be a planned demonstration in Washington DC and they even you know were posting information about locations and transport and thousands of people said they were interested in attending. Yeah, so just trying to as you say sort of stir this tension and turmoil among Americans not with any sort of particular candidate. Is there any sense of of the sort of scope of how many people might have come across this campaign? Yeah, so apparently about 300,000 people followed at least one of the pages, the 32 pages and accounts, and they were created between March 2017 and May 2018. That's a sizable number. We don't know if those are all Americans. We don't know what proportion of the electorate, but you could tell they were able to get away with, you know, influencing a considerable number of people. And so the sort of elephant in the room in discussing all of this is there's still a number of investigations looking into Russia's influence on the 2016 presidential election, the Internet Research Agency's influence. Facebook says that they don't have enough information to say publicly who is behind this. Yet back on Capitol Hill, Democratic Senator Warner says it's the Kremlin. So what makes him so sure? So, I mean, he sits on the intelligence committee, so uh, we can assume that perhaps he has intelligence that he hasn't been able to share. Facebook are being quite careful about pointing the finger at Russia here because they say they're only really 
can make decisions based on technical evidence. You know, unlike some of the government agencies, they aren't combining their information with, say, conventional espionage, which could help them understand what was going on in Russia. So they would don't say, whereas they did say before with the Internet Research Agency. And that is frankly because the Internet Research Agency was known as being quite sloppy. Actually, among the cybersecurity experts I speak to regularly, when this was first discovered, they were like, well, there's obviously going to be other people out there because the IRA is known as you know not covering its tracks very well. And so Facebook said this week that basically they can't tell exactly who it is. And they might never be able to tell as easily as they were with the Russian IRA. How does this particular campaign that Facebook's pinpointed, how does this differ from the sort of vast amounts of disinformation that were dispensed during the 2016 campaign? Well, so far, we don't know enough to be be sure that it differed dramatically. Apart from, of course, we, you know, we know a lot more now about um, how things were targeted and other sort of fake news campaigns and how things get amplified throughout an ecosystem. We don't know anything, for example, about bot behavior, which is you know the automated amplification that happens both on Facebook and Twitter. We do have some signs that these are linked. And, and this was actually apparently how Facebook found out about the campaign, even though they had been quite good at covering their tracks using virtual private networks, internet phone services, even getting third parties to run ads on their behalf, they found out because for just seven minutes, one of the admins of one of these pages was an account that they had previously identified as an internet research agency account and then taken down. And so it was just those seven minutes, which was clearly, it seems, a, a mistake by the operatives that alerted them to this problem. The relative speed with which Facebook came forward with this revelation, does this give us any indication of how they're sort of trying to operate in this next election campaign to essentially keep the public informed with what various information is being spread across the social network? Yes, I think Facebook really regretted not saying more, not spotting stuff early enough during the 2016 election and not saying more. And so they they poured, you know, far more resources into trying to detect this kind of behavior because before they were mainly on the lookout to what we think of as like conventional cyber attacks and hacking um, and this is much more a sort of manipulation of opinion so they have poured resources into that they're working more closely with with law enforcement but their transparency efforts are, are still a little bit patchy in fact only last week uh, a lot of the reporters had a call with facebook about elections and they were asked three or four times have you seen any interference? And then clearly at that point, we're not ready to tell us yet. And lastly, all of this comes just you know less than a week since Facebook reported quarterly earnings and said that they had less than favorable growth prospects or forecasts for, for growth, which prompted share price to drop significantly. Were investors moved at all by this latest news from Facebook? I don't think investors really care about this because they've already, you know, well aware that Facebook as the largest social network in the world will be used for manipulation. Facebook has already said and warned that, you know, it's going to hit and the costs are going to rise dramatically because of the amount of work they're doing on this. So today the stock was, was up marginally. It hasn't really regained what it lost last week because investors are still feeling shaky about those forecasts. But in terms of interference in democracy, it doesn't hit the stock's prospects. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Thanks for your time, Hannah. Thank you. That was Hannah Kuschler on the line from San Francisco. You can read more on Facebook at FT.com. 
and we've linked to Hannah's recent story in the show notes for this episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.